Sisters, good morning. Good morning. The Lord has risen. There we go. That sounds good. Friends, good morning and welcome to Pleasant Street Christian Reformed Church. It's Easter Sunday. It's good to see all of you today. My name is Matthew. I'm the senior pastor here. And on behalf of all of us, so glad that you could join us today. As we begin worship, um, normally we would have screens to follow along, but today we are paper trained people, right? And so to let the light in uh, and to let the good news in as abundantly as possible, we'll be following a printed liturgy. The things that we are going to say and sing together, you can find printed in this lovely bulletin here. And as we get started, there's two things that I want to highlight, a couple things that I want to highlight for you. Uh, the first is that today, in order to accommodate uh, many people, we're having two services, right? You all did a good job signing up for and making it to the one that you signed up for this morning, so well done. Um, but because we have to turn the room over and to sanitize it, uh, it is Easter Sunday, so please do celebrate and connect with each other. Please don't do it in here after the service. Outside would be best for lots of reasons. It's a sunny day. So uh, please, please do that as we finish our service. The other thing is that we'll be celebrating communion in a little while. Hopefully you should have received single-serve elements on your way in. If you haven't, you can find them at the door there. And um, yeah, I suppose that's everything. Friends, uh, today we start with the good news of Easter, which is that he is risen. He is risen indeed. That is also the challenge of Easter, that Jesus rose from the dead. He's not dead. And that doesn't happen all that often, right? So throughout history, there's been ways that we've tried to respond to that. Sometimes, because it's just so overwhelming, people have resorted to say things like, he rose in their hearts, right? Or he, uh, they came to believe that they saw something. But to say things like that leaves belief in the resurrection all up to us. We are the ones who buried him on Good Friday. We think we must be the ones to resurrect him in our own strength. And friends, we simply don't have that much power. But the good news is that God does. And so friends, in the light of God's resurrection, would you rise? No, not yet. And let's sing. my mind to Calvary where Jesus led and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior on that cursed tree
everyone's joined me in this call to worship. Joyful is a sound we make this morning. For this this day liberates us from doubt and fear. Thankful is the song we sing. For this day moves us past darkness and despair. Hopeful is the day upon our lips. For this day awakens in us long-awaited new life. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let's raise our voices and continue singing. wonderful your care for us how boundless your merciful love to ransom a slave you gave your son whom we see rising from the grave the power of this day dispels all evil washes our guilt restores lost innocence brings joy to mourners it casts out hatred brings us peace and humbles earthly pride therefore gracious God receive our morning sacrifice of praise your church's solemn offering. May this Easter candle always dispel the darkness of night. May the morning star that never sets find this flame still burning, Christ, that morning star who came back from the dead and shed his peaceful light on all creation. Christ, your son, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. 
and sisters, Jesus isn't in the tomb. He's not there. Somehow he's here among us today, the living Lord, and he comes with a greeting for you. Would you receive it? The grace, mercy, and peace of God the Father, Jesus the risen Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. Friends, for generations, brothers and sisters like us have been trying to reach into the scriptures and understand what this means. The news is so good, it's going to take us six weeks to ponder it together during resurrection season, but today it is enough just to proclaim it. Would you join me in proclaiming our faith in the Apostles' Creed? Friends, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
Well, good morning. Good morning. And welcome, friends, members, visitors, guests who are gathered here, some I see for the first time since the virus started, and we welcome you back in the comfort of God's house. And we also welcome those that are gathered in their homes online. My name is Jack Crawford. I'm an elder here at Pleasant Street Christian Reformed Church. I have one prayer request for you this morning. I learned earlier this week um, that Stu was vacationing with his wife, Deb, in Florida, and he fell and injured his, help, his hip. Being with strong bone, the hip was not broken. And uh, he was admitted Tuesday uh, to the Baptist Hospital in Jacksonville, Florida. I spoke with his grandson, Jake, and he tells me that he's doing very well. He only needed bone repair and had a rod put in. And he is in good spirits, and I'm sure he'll be back on the men visiting with his family very soon. So please keep him in your prayers for a speedy recovery. The Christ candle is lit. Christ is here. And we offer up our prayers. No matter how eloquent they are, are as humble as a child's. God hears and answers all prayer. This morning, our prayers are taken from the liturgies prepared from the Christian Reformed Church of North America in their website.org from the worship ministries team. To guide worshipers and those who are sheltering at home, you could have seen all of these liturgies this past week. They follow the steps of Christ from Palm Sunday through the pain and darkness of the events of this past week and into the joy of the Easter resurrection this morning. Please bow with me as we offer a prayer to our Lord and our risen King. Loving Lord, you taught us compassion. You took a servant's role and knelt at the feet of your friends. You gave us a meal to remind us of your life-giving love and called us to love one another too. Forgive us, Lord, for not practicing the compassion you modeled. Forgive us, Lord, for wanting to be served rather than to serve. Gracious God, you love the world so much that you sent your only son to save the world through him. And we worship you and thank you for this gift of life now and the promise of new and everlasting life through your mercy. Risen Christ, the disciples were filled with fear and uncertainty, but you revealed yourself as the conqueror of death. And the angel said to the women gathered at the tomb, do not be afraid. On this Easter day as we gather, some grieving, some fearful, some unsure of the future, reveal yourself and fill us with hope. Living Christ, by your death and resurrection, you have restored us to life and replaced our fear with hope. We love you and follow you into the world as your disciples, eager to serve and love as you taught us. Enlivening spirit, you comfort and strengthen us each day. Guide us in our lives, in what we do and say, in what we think and imagine, in how we interact at home, online, and as we again go out into the world at work, school, play, and everyday interactions. May we outwardly live as resurrection people in this world. For us, Jesus Christ came into the world. For us, he lived and showed God's love. For us, he suffered the darkness of Calvary and cried, it is finished. For us, he triumphed over death and rose in newness of life. For us, he ascended to reign at God's right hand. All this he did for us 
before we knew anything of it. And so the word of scripture is fulfilled. We love because God loved us first. Amen. Good morning. And happy Easter to all of you. Today's word comes from Luke 24, 1 through 12. And so it is said that on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they, wonder, while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. Why do you look in the fright of their, excuse me, in the fright of, their, of the woman, they suddenly bowed with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how, the, how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of the sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. They did not believe the woman, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, Peter got up and ran to the tomb, bending over, and he saw the strips of the linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I love those words, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. It does seem like nonsense. What a mystery. I invite you to rise again in body or in spirit and sing of this wondrous mystery.
good to see you all. You're looking well. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we have indeed come to behold a mystery. For on Good Friday, everything good about you went into the tomb with you, and we were in despair. Today, the tomb is open, and everything about you is more true than we can imagine. We give you thanks, O God, for you are good and your mercy endures forever. As we come to behold this mystery, we ask that you would come, that you would send your Holy Spirit to us now, O God, and meet us in these words, and please make your resurrection spiritually real to our hearts. Open our eyes so that we might see and seeing understand and understanding believe and believing that we might follow in all faithfulness and obedience in the way that you have made for us through your body. Amen. Very, very early, on a Sunday morning two years ago, I was up early because one of my kids decided it was time to start the day. Church was still hours away for me, and so while everyone else slept, she and I bundled up. I put her in the stroller, and we set out for a walk in the pre-dawn dark on that first day of the week. There was a path that we often used. It wasn't far from us, and that's where we went. The path runs east to west. It wound among old trees, some with limbs overhanging the path like natural bridges, so that when you were walking west, you couldn't really see much ahead of you, especially in the dark. The path was on a narrow strip of land that shot between a preschool on the right and a graveyard on the left. So it wasn't unusual to be walking this path in the day and hear the joy and wonder of children on the right uh, and to see a group of people gathered around a hearse on the left. In fact, thinking about it now, it occurs to me that when we walked there, we were walking between life on one side and death on the other. On this particular Sunday morning, on that first day of the week, Kena and I set out in the dark, and there was just enough light to see a step or two in front of us, and I was a little worried about my sermon. That happens. I was not entirely happy to be awake yet, either. She, however, was very content. We passed the preschool on the right, the graveyard on the left, and finally we reached the end of the path. That particular path dead ends at a busy road. And so there wasn't really anything to do at this point except to turn around and go back the way we came. To turn toward all that lay ahead of me, to turn toward exhaustion and a long day. But when I turned around, I could see that The sun was coming up, and the path that I had just walked in darkness lay stretched out in front of us in new light. It was as if someone were saying to me, Matthew, it's Sunday, remember? So we started home on the same path, but I was different, because now the graveyard was on my right and the preschool was on my left. And I went home seeing things a little bit differently because life and death had switched places. This morning, Jesus' women disciples are up very early. And they're out for a walk on the first day of the week. Having known Jesus in life, they are on a path 
to see him where he has died, to see his grave. They are on a path to a grave carrying spices. Why? Well, because that was the path that Jesus had just walked. They watched him walk the dark and shadowed path of Good Friday. It was a journey that ended with Jesus breathing his last, and his body slumping from a cross pierced. They watched as he was hastily wrapped in linen, his body placed in a tomb. Luke closed the Good Story Friday with fading daylight on a couple of jars of spices on a table. Friends, all four gospel writers make the point, Easter only makes sense in the long journey, the long shadowed journey toward a grave. Easter only makes sense in, a, in the journey to a grave, and, and that is where Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, James' mom, and the others are headed this morning. They know what spices you need to prepare when someone has died. They have done the work. They have waited for the Sabbath. They've done all of this before. They've walked this path to the grave before. And really, we have too. I mean, this path that the women are on this morning is a path that's more like a pattern that we know from life to death. Life is here and death is over there, and we live between the shouts of childhood and the gathering in the graveyard. And it's from this point of view that we make sense of our lives, as if we are all traveling this one-way path to the grave. It's not a happy thought, but at least it gives us our bearings. Life begins with possibilities and open doors. It ends with turning over your car keys to your son and your daughter. Life is over here and death is over there, and so beauty is an investment, but it has diminishing returns. You should make the most of your youth because it ends in arthritis. Right? If life is over here and death is over there, then you should do whatever, whatever it takes to maximize personal freedom until death makes you its prisoner. Right? If, if life is over here and death is over there, then make sure you can get what you can get while you can get it and hang on to it as long as you can. Because if life is over here and death is over there, then justice doesn't actually matter all that much because we all end up in a tomb anyway, and who cares about inequality when death is the great equalizer? We say you should help the less fortunate, that love matters. Right, but if life is over here and death is over there, then Jesus was wrong about everything that he taught. Because selflessness doesn't actually pay off, it just takes you to the grave faster. Disciplining your body and your desires just means that you miss out on the good part of life while you can have it. And here we come to the point of what Good Friday was trying to show us. It's that everything about Jesus goes into the tomb with Jesus. Jesus doesn't just die, he's crucified. Right? And we forget that this death was specifically designed to both take life, but also all the memory of a person, to erase everything that they had ever said and done, even their name. And so Jesus, the man, and the movement are discredited, and they are buried under a mountain of shame so that neither will ever see the light of day again. Thousands and thousands of people were crucified by the Romans. We know none of their names. The point is that there is no hark the herald angels sing if Caesar gets the newborn king. Right? There is no, to me, Jesus was a great healer and teacher who talked about love, because the point is that everything that Jesus said about love was wrong and is forgotten. If life is over here and death is over there, then the strong rule the weak and Good Friday is more real than we have the courage to admit. Or as Paul put it, rather baldly, if life is over here and death is over there and Christ is not raised, then YOLO. The women walk to the grave carrying spices because Jesus' life ended in death just like everyone else, and it was sad, but at least they know what to do. Even Jesus, as beloved as he was, even his journey ended with a tomb. 
That is the path, and they know where it goes, and they know how to get there. But when they arrive at the tomb, it's already open. They find that the stone has been rolled away. They do not find Jesus' body. Friends, the good news of Easter begins with what you can't find. <laughs> it begins with what you don't understand. It begins with what doesn't make sense. They go to the tomb. They do not find his body. There is no stone to move out of the way. There is no body to perfume. In other words, the entire reason that they went there is gone. Their journey lost its purpose. And so there's really only one thing to do. Turn around. And it's when they turn around that men in lightning clothing appear and they say, why are you looking for the living among the dead? <laughs> why do you look for the living among the dead? Well, they weren't, actually. They were looking for the dead among the dead. They were going to the tomb to find the dead because that's the path. That's how it goes. Death is the end of the road. But the men who are really angels say, you're looking in the wrong place. He has been raised just like he told you. Remember? It's Easter, remember? And suddenly they do remember. Jesus did tell us many times <laughs> that this would happen. And it happened exactly the way that he said it would. Jesus was right about his own death. How often can anyone say that? And they go home, but it's like everything has switched places. I mean, the tomb isn't the end of their journey, it's become the beginning. It turning into the light of a new day, they go and they tell the others. The boys laugh at them because it sounds like nonsense. It sounds like everything these women say is, is backwards, it's reversed, it's out of order. They should be mourning, but they're singing. They should be whispering for fear of the authorities, but they're shouting. We didn't find him. He was not there. We went to the grave, and he wasn't there, and the angels told us what it means. He's been raised just like he told us. Life and death have switched places because it's Easter, remember? The Russian novelist Leo Tolstoy began his life as a wealthy aristocrat from an ancient family line. He started life at the tippy-top, right? And then he thought, well, the goal in life was to go higher. <laughs> so he wanted to become a great writer. He wanted his name to be known and remembered for the same reason that anyone does, really, to make the journey longer before death steals our name. Yeah, but then Jesus' words got a hold of him, and he couldn't let it go. And he heard Jesus saying, you have to deny yourself if you want to find real life. You have to follow me. I'll show you the way. He heard Jesus say to him, I am the resurrection and the life. You don't get to the real thing except through me. And Tolstoy said that when he came to believe not Jesus' words, but Jesus, something happened. His desires changed. His perspective changed. He said, it happened like a man going on a business trip who suddenly decides that the business he was going to do doesn't matter anymore. And so he turns around and goes home. Suddenly, all that was on his right is now on his left, and all that was on his left is now on his right. And what had previously seemed good to him seems evil, and what had seemed evil now seems good. Why? Well, because the open tomb is the beginning of the journey, not the end, and that's a different light for everything. The way up is the way down. Life and death switch places because it's Easter, remember? Friends, you don't raise a good guesser from the dead. So if Jesus isn't here, then he was raised from the dead just like he told you. And if he was right about that, then he was right about everything else, too. Or as Yaroslav Pelikan, the renowned historian from Yale, threw it down, if Christ is risen, nothing else matters. And if Christ is not, nothing else matters. 
You should pay attention when renowned world historians start using absolute language like that. Whoa, Pelican, calm down. Get a hold of yourself. If Christ is not risen, nothing else matters. And if Christ is not, nothing else matters. Why would you look for the living among the dead? The angels ask us. What they're telling us is that our business trip has been canceled. Whatever it was that we were on our way to do, the end of it was death, and Jesus has been raised, so might as well go home. But when we do, we find that we turn around and suddenly life and death have switched places because it's Easter, remember? And suddenly the trip that was supposed to end at the tomb begins there. And the path from birth to death is reversed. And now death is over here. And life is over there. And that means, well, well, it means that life gets better after you die, not worse. If death is over here and life is over there, then it means that suffering leads to more of God, not less. If Death is over here and life is over there. It means that losing your life really is the way to finding more of it. It means that a cross is worth carrying and forgiveness is not a fool's errand. It means that justice is coming like a freight train or a mighty waterfall, even if we never see it. If death is over here and life is over there, then it means that the way down is the way up and Jesus took that path for you, and now it's our path too, because life and death have switched places, and it's Easter, remember? We have come this morning situated between our own fears and hopes for the future. We have come pressed down, crushed, persecuted, perplexed by any number of things in the last year and a half that have haunted and harried us. We have come carrying with us plans and preparations for this day or the problems at the office. We have come clinging to life, assuming that it's a finite thing that we only have so much of. But egerthe, Jesus has been raised. One word in Greek takes four in English. He has been raised. One word, a divine passive. Divine passive. When did it happen? We aren't told. How did it happen? Behind closed doors. The gospel writers don't tell us because it is the work of God. The women are early, but they're not early enough because it is in the places of deepest darkness where things are just out of our purview and out of our control where Jesus is raised from the dead. It is in that place where God does his work. Somehow, in that place, before we can see it and where we cannot yet perceive it, God reaches into death and wrests his son up out of it. They don't tell us how it happened, but they tell us what happens when you come to the tomb. You'll find that it's open, not for Jesus to get out, but so that we can go in, so that we can see and hear the good news of what isn't there. He's not there. He has been raised, just like he told you. And as we turn to go home today, it might be that suddenly the world looks a little different to you. If by chance you find yourself leaving this place looking at the poor with compassion instead of pity or disgust, if somehow you find that you have this sudden urge to say I'm sorry with no justifications, if suddenly you have the strength to tell the truth, if you find yourself at work noticing the custodial staff and not the corner office, if you look at the world and see beauty where it was just drab before, if it seems like good and evil themselves have switched places on you, don't be alarmed. Do not be afraid. It's all happening to you because it's Easter, remember? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we have come to behold this mystery. On Good Friday, everything good about you went into the tomb with you, and we were in despair. Today, the tomb is open, and everything about you is more true than we can imagine. 
We give thanks to you, Lord, for you are good and your mercy endures forever. We ask that you would leave us with your Holy Spirit, O God, and that through it you would make your resurrection spiritually real to our hearts. Open our eyes so that we might see and seeing understand and understanding believe and believing that we might follow in all faithfulness and obedience in the way that you have made for us through your body. Brothers and sisters, God is not done with us yet. Having brought us to the end of ourselves, to the place where we are always walking and giving us a new trajectory out of it, he also sends us not just with news but with a meal. Jesus isn't in the tomb. He's risen. And he's here. And he's the host of this table. So friends, as we prepare to take the supper together, just one reminder for you, because we want to spread the gospel and not the virus, we're taking these single-serve single communion packets together. Go ahead and turn it uh, bread side up. We'll open that side first. I'll tell you when to do that. You can leave your mask on. I'll tell you when to go ahead and take that off as well. And for those of us who are new to the supper and who are young, this is just a little bit of bread and a little tiny bit of juice. But when we take them in faith, Jesus turns them into a great big meal of remembrance and hope and trust in his love for us. Friends, let's, uh, let's pray together. Friends, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Thanks and praise fill our hearts, Almighty God, for you are the Lord of creation and new creation, of covenant and new covenant. You brought your people out of slavery to freedom in the promised land, and you brought your Son out from the depths of death to the glory of resurrection life. And so gladly we thank you with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, proclaiming together your unending praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Joy and gladness are our song, redeeming God. For in your conquest of death, we see the destiny for all those who hope in you. Come among us in the power of your Holy Spirit that your children may be blessed with power and grace, and that this bread and cup may be for us the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, who, at supper with his disciples, gave us this memorial of his sacrifice before he suffered. On the night of his arrest, Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, and after giving thanks to God, he gave it to them, saying, This cup is the new covenant which is sealed in my blood and poured out for you and for many. Whenever you drink it, do this to remember me. For friends, whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Hope and glory fill our lungs, merciful God, as your good news fills this place. For you have rolled away the stone of despair, the stone of oppression, the stone of lament, the stone of grief, the stone of death, the stone of sin, the stone of fear. Come and stand among us and breathe on us your peace. Breathe on us your power. Breathe on us your eternal life that all who labor, all who stumble, all who hunger, and all who fall shall meet you in the breaking of the bread and be lifted up by your touch. Make your church to be your risen body. 
Make our scars beautiful like your scars. Make our lives life-giving like your life. And make our supper to be communion with you until you come in glory. And we eat with you in your kingdom. Ever one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, the Lord has prepared this table for all those who love and trust in him alone for their salvation. All who are sorry for their sins, who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and who desire to live in obedience to him are invited to come now with gladness to the table of the Lord. For friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let's eat. Go ahead and remove your mask. Brothers and sisters, take, eat, remember, and believe that the body of our Savior Jesus Christ was given for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. go ahead and turn your your plate over and it becomes a cup. Brothers and sisters, take, drink, remember, and believe that the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ was shed for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Brothers and sisters, the Lord has brought us here together. He has taught us his faith. He's told us the good news about Jesus. He's fed us at his table. He sends us out blessed. I'd invite you to rise in body and spirit. And in the good news that God has turned his face towards you and he will not change his mind. So friends, go forth in joy to love and serve God in all that you do. We are sent in the name of the risen Christ. Let us bless our Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. May the God of peace, who raised to life the great shepherd of the sheep, make us ready to do his will in every good thing, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Amen. Let's go singing. <laughs>